When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a What A Night, part of the 90 Min Podcast Network. My name is Ben Haynes, and here to help me break down the good, the bad, the ugly, and the beautiful in what has been a pretty troubling last week or so for Spurs are Hunter Godson, Dan Kilpatrick of the Evening Standard, and Ali Tweedell from The Coach's Voice. Ali, dynamite debut last time out, and I fear that we have thrown you under the bus somewhat by <laughs> bringing you back in when we've taken one point from a possible nine. Yeah, um, well, I'm quite good at being miserable, so uh, maybe, maybe I'll actually be all right. We've nailed it. We've Brilliant. Right man and, uh, Dan, are you all right? You're a tier four man nowadays. I'm feeling pretty bleak, to be honest. I think <laughs> Merry Spurs Christmas. Form, Spurs form kind of perfectly matches the general state of the country, doesn't it? Mm. In free fall at the moment. So that that at least is appropriate. Oh, yeah, yeah I've, I've, I've had okay. merrier build-ups to Christmas. <laughs> so that means Hunter, as our as our tier two man, as someone who got out just in time, I've run. You need you need to be the hopeless optimist in this. Have you got that in the locker today, or is it more a case of like, what the hell happened yesterday? I can pretend to be that if you want. It's not how I genuinely Let's go with that. <laughs> I'm going to do a bloody good impression saw, of an optimist. I saw a tweet that said Spurs went from first to fourth quicker than London. And I was like, no, oh. that's bloody brilliant. That's <laughs> so many brilliant. people atted me with that. Oh, it really upset me. Yeah. I, was, I was in a right grump yesterday off the back of the game. I was in one of those days where I was not prepared to tolerate people being like, Oh, how's Spurs getting on today, mate? It's yeah. like, uh, right. yeah, I had some not had quite a lot of tweets from Chelsea fans, weirdly, being like, "Yeah, hot Tottenham shit, Spur." I was like, "Come on, lads, let's just <laughs> let's lay off what those title ones. race." Yeah. Oh my god, hot takes. Um, well, just... I, I cycled to the game and then cycled back, and it was I was so tired by the time I got home. Um, I had to go to Peckham um, to get something, and I hadn't eaten. And I was expecting to be waiting around for a while. So I got a KFC, which I was going to have in the queue. And then there was no queue. <laughs> so I just had to sit in Peck and Rye in the dark and eat a KFC by myself. That is so This is definitely bleak. like a low point of yeah. the entire year. You'll remember was this it, Christmas forever, though, Dad. Was it, was it not more enjoyable than the match itself, though? <laughs> Similar. Yeah, I mean, tucking into the, the Zinger Burger was probably largely <laughs> more enjoyable in the game. It's a shame. That's my neck of the woods, Dan. I, I mean, I'm not there at the moment, but I should have come down said hi. 
taking you around to the local yeah. hotspots. That would have that would have been welcome. Or, at, it wasn't meant, wasn't or at least provide up. cutlery. Yeah, exactly. Bring you a blanket. <laughs> <laughs> so let's get into the thick of it. Um, before we go into the good, bad, the ugly, and the beautiful, I think I, I do just want to start with the game itself. Um, overriding feelings from everyone, just kind of coming away from that and you can go as existential as you want or you can go as top level as you want but uh, Ali as your our guest of guests today what is your um what's your kind of overriding feeling coming out of the back of a fairly drab 2-0 defeat to Leicester um well I didn't actually really expect it to be honest I always feel like Tottenham kind of are quite good against Leicester there have been some bad games but we always seem to score quite quite a few goals I just didn't really expect that uh, we would create so little I thought um, I thought we would have some a few decent chances and I, yeah I just didn't see us playing quite so badly I know it you can with hindsight kind of kind of say well it was coming after the the way we, the Tottenham played against Palace and um, uh, I mean Liverpool wasn't wasn't too bad but um yeah, it was a, we we certainly play that way, play better against um, the bigger teams, um, and I just thought Leicester were the kind of team that our plan might work against. Um, so it was really, really disappointing. It was quite a, a bit of a sucker punch, really. Yeah, Dan, what about you? Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, I think it was the worst performance of the week by a long stretch, and it it's quite tempting to kind of bundle. Palace, Liverpool and Leicester together because they were all bad results but you know Liverpool rightly or wrongly there was a, a real plan there which which nearly worked I think Palace it wasn't great but you could put it down to a bit of bad luck given the way the goalkeeper played in the end but Leicester there, there was just nothing um, there, there obviously was a plan but once Leicester had made it pretty obvious that they weren't going to fall into Mourinho's trap like they did in July. There was no plan B. There was no kind of ideas for Spurs to, to find a new way to beat them. Uh, and it was all just very flat and sluggish and and sort of void of pep and just you know, a really crap watch, basically. <laughs> yeah, Hunter, I assume you're pretty much the same boat. Yeah, it's hard to hard to sort of put an argument forward for that being in any way enjoyable um, and and very much in, in the same way of what Ali was saying I was I was looking forward to the game because of the joy we got against Leicester at the back end of last season um, Rod, Roger's known for falling into the same trap a couple of times but he really wasn't yesterday and I think that was partly Leicester being more cautious and partly Spurs being pretty flat across the board did we not just agree that Hunter was going to be the optimist? <laughs> Hopeless optimist. <laughs> I was trying, honestly, I was racking my brain for, for, like, for something good to say, but you come away from it yesterday. And, you know, there's no positives to take from yesterday, I'd say. But let's crack on with the good. Yeah, I was, just saying, I, I, I was, I was genuinely sort of thinking there. I was like, is there much we can put in the good? Is there... Is there um, I was trying to pick out an individual performance or maybe a, a strategy change or or but there just doesn't feel to me that there's too much and I am like I am an optimist when it comes to Spurs I would try and find some some uplifting parts of a, of a game or something that's caught my eye and I think look well at least that was at least that was strong but I look I've across the board oh god Dan bail me out 
good thing. A Christmas well, present. What what I would say about Mourinho? It's is a Christmas he, miracle. Yeah. <laughs> it's really not. In fact, it belongs in the bad. <laughs> I'm, tr- I'm trying to make something happen here. Excellent. Go on. You're our Christian what Eriksen. Standing over a corner in the 90 minutes. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Am I about to hit the first man? Uh, what I would say about Mourinho is he te- like, he's tended to experiment on the job, I think. So I think last season we saw him kind of trying out a lot of different things and then kind of gradually realising that they didn't work um, and trying something else. And I don't really have a big problem with that, particularly last season when it wasn't really his squad. And I think the... He's he's moving in the right direction with Ndombele and Lacelso, I think. You know, starting them together should go down as a positive step. And I think the next step is starting them in their right positions together. Um, but that was certainly encouraging because it, it's really happened so infrequently. It's happened three times under Mourinho. Only once this season against Lask in the Europa League. Uh, and five times in total for Spurs and two of them are under Pochettino so it just doesn't happen that they start together mm. so that I think that that should go down as an encouraging step and hopefully Mourinho's kind of learned something from yesterday's defeat which is hopefully that then they weren't really using their best positions so is not particularly effective on on the right wing mm. I mean that kind of game and Ndombele is more effective when he's playing kind of deeper rather than just sort of, sort of hopelessly pressing at number 10 um, against a side who don't really want the ball. Uh, so th- that would be my um, thin attempt at something good. So it's almost like a learning curve type uh, analysis, I suppose, because there's, there's also something to be said for the fact that you'd hope that we're not going to do something like that again against a team like Leicester. You'd hope that we're not going to look at look at Leicester and see that they're dropping off a little bit deeper. And you could hear Kasper Schmeichel over and over yeah. and over again screaming, drop in, drop yeah. in, even drop in, the, stay with Kane, stay yeah. with Kane. Even on the TV with the fake crowd noise, you could hear him, which was just saying, just saying don't go too high, don't go too high. And, you know, is that is that the way to quell Spurs? Well, at the moment, Palace and, and Leicester have sort of proven that, yeah, maybe it is. Anyway, uh, another positive, <laughs> I thought. Um, I genuinely don't have another one. So I just started that <laughs> sentence and I have nothing to say. I wanted to say something, but I, ge- I genuinely don't think, let's, uh, you know, call a spade a spade. It was not good. Ali, time. anything positive from you? I mean... In the same kind of vein as what Dan was saying, could you maybe say there might be a reaction? So if if uh, the West Ham game, the positive of the West Ham game was that there was like a real change in how Tottenham play and that brought positive results, maybe uh, Mourinho will realise that he can't for, um, approach every game in the same way and play against teams like Leicester like that. But that is really scraping the barrel. <laughs> I'm gonna go very I'm gonna go very vanilla and top level and give us two more. One, the fact that we now can name nine substitutes means that all of those players that have been sort of starved of Premier League game time are now sitting there on the bench and can be used. For Harry Danny. Winks Except yeah, Delhi. Yeah. I thought Harry Winks came on and actually sort of injected a bit of energy and looked like he sort of That's wanted good, to prove a point good, and wanted to that. make a mark. 
You can have that. Harry Winks. He gave, and when he came on, we got we we gained some semblance of structure again. Before that, yeah. it, it was honestly, it was like a free for all. Players were just dropping into positions wherever they fancied to pick up the ball, and there was. Basically, we had four players standing on their back line. It was like, well, who's going to play the ball to those players? It's just, yeah. Anyway, I'm sure we'll come on to that. <laughs> yeah, big time. And then, and then the other good is that we've got a game against Stoke on Wednesday. It's an opportunity to put things right, and it's an opportunity to get through to a semi-final of a cup competition. And I'd imagine off the back of that, all will seem rosy. If we get a good draw as well, if we get the, the winner of Brentford or Newcastle, you'd think suddenly, like, oh, hello, mm. we can all get quite optimistic about February. Um, anyway, let's go on to the bad bits then, because, I mean, I feel like there's a, a fair few to pick from. Um, let's go one by one. Hunter, did you want to go first on this one? I'm happy to go first, yeah. I think I think what I was saying there before about about the, the four players standing at the top of the pitch. I mean, it doesn't take a, a genius to sort of look at that and go, well, that doesn't work for us. You can, and we saw it under Poch a couple of times where we ended up with all, nearly all attacking players on the pitch and and it becomes abundantly clear that we need a creative player to, to fill those holes and to sort of tie it all together. Um, I think you had that in Undombele and Lo Celso. Um, I, I didn't really understand why he dragged Ndombele out of out of the lot. I, I, the game was somewhat passing him by, but I felt like it was more a game where we didn't need Sissoko than a game that we need that, that we needed um, Ndombele off the pitch. Um, as as these two have sort of as Ali and Dan said, maybe it's a learning curve, and when we and, and it's time to try Ndombele in a slightly deeper position, um, which I think all of us would love to see. Um, but yeah, it was just the the final half an hour was really bad. I could have put that in the ugly because it was it was abject. It was, a, it was all we were devoid of ideas on how to break down a good, a good. I mean, let's not take nothing away from Leicester. I think they just got they got their plan right, but we caused them so little trouble. And it was basically Harry Kane trying to twine on the edge of the area, for, <laughs> and that that was about it. That was all we had. Um, so yeah, the attacking in the last half an hour, I'm going to put in the bad. Um, Tactically, I think we got it wrong. Yeah, it was. It did feel. Um, it did feel very much a case of kind of like taking all the pieces of a watch apart and then throwing them back together and saying, "Okay, watch work again." Mm. Um, Dan, any uh, any for you? Anything that you wanted to single out in particular? I'll go for Bale. I don't think he was awful or kind of any worse than anyone else, really. But I think the time has come not for panic or concern but the time's definitely come to question you know if, if this is really going to work out the way we all dreamed it would in September uh, I mean he's been ill he missed Palace and Liverpool through illness which apparently took it out of him quite a lot but Mourinho obviously thought he was up to a half yesterday he obviously thought he was a better option than Vinicius or even Delhi, who wasn't in the squad at all and it just doesn't look that way at the moment he's not really offering much and you know if I were Delhi watching from home presumably seeing kind of Bale the shadow of his former self coming on and Lucas coming on up you know and especially in that type of game where I suppose weren't really counter-attacking they were having a lot of possession it was much more suited to Delhi I would be looking at those two and thinking you know why am I not getting a look in here what have I got to do mm-hmm. to get on the field so I think Stoke's a big opportunity for Bale I, I, I assume Son 
might be given a rest, or I at least so. there might be a space in the front three. I think Kane will probably play because Mourinho said that a week or so ago that Kane would have to play every game over Christmas. But I think <laughs> there'll be a spot in the front three for Bale, and you know it's, it's a Championship side. Uh, he, he should be able to to kind of cope for for at least an hour in that kind of game, and, and you're yeah, it, it's a it's kind of about time he, he sort of stepped up and. And did something really. He's still the best paid player in English football. What's his Dan- job? What's his job, Bale? I don't. Yeah. I, I couldn't work out what he was meant to be doing because he's. He looks like he doesn't have the legs to be a player anymore. He's stuck way out on the wing. And he kind of like every time he got the ball, he'd kind of jink onto his left, look up like I'm about to ping one across to the other side of the pitch, and then just play it back to the centre-back or the central midfielder. I don't really know what, what his job is yeah, at the moment. I think he's just, TV. Supposed, <laughs> he's just kind of supposed to be a moments player now, isn't he? I mean, he was that when he left Spurs, like the best moments player in mm. the world, probably. He was just going to be decisive in games rather than dominate games. And I think that's why he's back to kind of do what he did against Brighton. But it just doesn't look... But then he should be up front, shouldn't he? He should be near yeah. near the other centre forward. Yeah, yeah I, I agree with you. He's just got to kind of be in the box, making decisive contributions because he, he doesn't look like he's gonna. I think we were all, you know, I was guilty of kind of thinking, oh, wouldn't it be great if he kind of Inter Milan, um, whoever, you know, <laughs> yeah. West Brom, yeah. <laughs> and just ran past everyone. But it's it's not going to happen. And, and Mourinho's you... kind of tempered expectations on that front. Do we, so, I un, I do get the point he's not going to Inter Milan people, but I am a little bit more concerned about the lack of imagination or creativity when he receives the ball. Like, there was one point yesterday where he beat two men and drifted inside and sort of went past them and they were kind of lunging at challenges. And I thought, that's what I'd like to see more of. I don't, maybe you haven't got the, the pace to like burn Mike on anymore. Do you know what I mean? Like that sort of pace. But there certainly should be a, at least a spark there. And I think Ali hits the nail on the head in terms of getting him into positions where he's going to do damage. Perhaps, Hunter, we're not in a, a, a position tactically to actually get anything from him. I if he's going to be sat on the wing, but 60 yards too deep. Yeah, exactly. I don't think we're going to get anything from him playing the way that he was playing yesterday. If anything, that what Lucas Moura had was more of a free role in the middle. Which, if I could pick one Spurs player that I don't want to be playing with the ball in the centre of the park, it's Lucas Moura. His touch is horrendous. He seems to have no awareness of players coming up behind him anymore, which is a real worry. Uh, and I thought, well, let's put Bale in there, who is now this, as Mourinho has said, this more creative player. Let's put Vinicius and on instead of Lucas and get some men in the area and start putting balls into the box if that's where Leicester are going to be. But it just felt like a real concession of this is what we're going to do and there's no other way of possibly doing it. I felt like, as I think as Dan said, the plan B just wasn't available. Whereas the plan B for me, I, feel, I don't feel like Carlos Vinicius has had a, a fair whack at it yet, to be honest. So it feels like we've got another striker on the bench that we're, we're not using that I'd like to see more of. It's great that he was even on the bench, you know. It's <laughs> nice that he could be included. I, I think the bail thing is starting to come into it's sort of starting to come into focus now because it probably is fair to say there's been enough time, Dan, right? It, it there's been enough time that's elapsed by which you would hope to see some sort of 
identity or progress around him. Yeah, I think so. Uh, and as I said, he, he's not been helped by arriving with an injury and no match fitness and then getting ill. But I, I would like to add that it's a wider problem. And I wrote after the Liverpool game that there's just not enough goals from anyone else apart from Kane and Son. Yeah. And that was sort of painfully evident against Leicester. And if teams know that they, if they stop Kane and Son, then which is much easier said than done, by the way, but you can do it by doing what Leicester did, which is defending much deeper than, than say Southampton or, or West Ham or City or, or Arsenal. Um, if they stop those two, then you know who's providing the goals because Bale doesn't look like he's going to do it. Bergwijn has done that job very well, but then showed his kind of deficiencies in front of goal at Anfield. Lucas is Lucas, so you know that the supports the support cast really need to step up now because there was a lot of talk about Spurs squad being really strong and having loads of options up front, um, but it's not really looking that way at the moment. Is there an argument that we're not being particularly fair to Bale? In a, a man of his age now, you know, playing playing the way he's played over his career needs five or six games in a team consistently playing to to then sort of get to the level where he's he knows everyone he's playing with he feels comfortable in the position that he's playing uh, i feel like these sort of cameo roles are, are the, the the worst thing we could sort of offer him at the moment i might be being too kind cuz because of my <laughs> my previous feelings towards i think that's him. fair but mm. what other choice does Mourinho have on that front i don't think he deserves the kind of run of five games in the team and I don't think he's really fit enough so I yeah. think it, it's like Mourinho said when he's asked about Delhi. you know you've got to show it when you get the opportunities in the pitch and I think it's fair to say that Bale hasn't really I did wonder if when Mourinho was talking about those players in the Europa League you felt like they shouldn't be playing in the group stage it was a maybe an indirect of Bale there was, there was kind of no one else I could really think of in that team who um, who would be kind of on the receiving end of that kind of jibe? So, yeah, yeah perhaps maybe also feels he hasn't stepped up. Maybe I don't know. Perhaps this is a bit unfair of me, but I sort of got the impression there was perhaps a slight dig at Doherty as well because um, he had a couple yeah. of baddies in the Europa League, and I thought I don't I don't get the impression that Doherty would be necessarily causing issue or anything like that. It's just a case of him just having poor performances. Mm. I did think that it's, it's interesting that we, we haven't actually heard Mourinho say anything directly about Bale in terms of it, 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 critiquing a performance. You know, he's been very... Even when even when uh, Stevie Bergwijn missed the chance the other week against Liverpool, he named Stevie after the game. He, he made it clear that we had a chance and Stevie missed it, you know. He's not been backward about that. I think it's interesting that he hasn't said anything about Bale's performance and he hasn't extended a challenge to him at, at any point yet. Um, and I don't know whether that's because he's happy with what he's seeing or whether maybe there's a realisation there that, that Bale hasn't even been in a position to go out and make anything happen. Mm. Um it just it just is a bit of a weird one because I don't I'm sort of in the same camp as Ali I don't really know what he's expected to do. Mm. Um, there was, was a time th- there was a time when Bale um, he said Bale was like reaching nearer his potential wasn't he he was like looking yeah. like he was but 
that was ages ago and he definitely <laughs> he definitely hasn't reached his potential or done anything mm. remotely good in that time uh, so yeah I, I kind of I get what you're saying any other any other bad bits that we wanted to bring up I wanted uh, to bring up well I mean there's there's so many elements to this but um, it all kind of centers around Musa Sissoko um, who um, we've kind of mentioned this game wasn't really wasn't really for him. Um, I, I wrote something about him a few years ago, which um, said that he's the perfect player to have if he can't go anywhere near either penalty area. <laughs> and in this game, there were a few occasions where he was one of our highest players forward. He kind of pressed quite high and then we, we might have won the ball and it was suddenly Moussa Sissoko dribbling towards goal and obviously nothing came of it. He was too near his own goal for the the own goal, um, Toby Alderweireld's own goal, um, and against a team like Leicester, uh, when you go one nil down, you need to control the game, and suddenly you've got a midfield of um, Hoiberg and Sissoko. Hoiberg's doing all the ball winning, dropping really deep to win the uh, to get the ball off the defence. He can't play into midfield because Musa Sissoko can't turn and play a progressive pass. Um, and it's exactly the same reason that at the beginning of Mourinho's reign, we were playing so many long balls because he just decided that we couldn't play through midfield. We couldn't dominate the midfield battle. Um, and so we were playing Advaro playing, playing long balls towards Deli Ali and Son running through. And it was that was bad, but it, it kind of like brought a few a few goals. Um, but this this way we're playing at the moment, it just feels like there was... There was no kind of progress, no clear way that we were going to find a way through Leicester. Um, and also linked to all of that um, was Mourinho's substitutions, which included putting Sissoko at right back, which I don't know if it was a bit of a kind of like up yours to Aurier for the penalty incident. But putting Sissoko at right back was putting a player who doesn't play in that position uh in, into that slot and it, there was times when he was out on the right putting balls into the box where even then you would have preferred Serge Aurier um, and I just think it was it was a bad day for him and he was the he was kind of a victim of a few a few things which kind of fall at Mourinho's feet but yeah um, Moses Sissoko had a had a bad day basically. Mm. I think I think you could you could uh, loop Jose Mourinho in with the the bad day stuff there as well. I think uh, one of the things that we've said all along on the pod is when you win it's good, but when you when you lose playing with this style it's really bad. You know, it, it's not a case of like the good and the, the bad have equal weighting. When you win, it's just a case of like, okay, good, a, a result there. When you lose, it suddenly, it sort of feels like you go through the floor a little bit. And I think yesterday was one of the one of the results. When I look at the three results, like Dan said, the Crystal Palace one, you can almost kind of make enough arguments around the reasons why we drew that game. The Liverpool one you cling on for another couple of minutes and suddenly it's a, a masterclass point and the tactical game plan's gone to perfection. Yesterday was one of the ones that felt a little bit to me. I'm not going to go as far back as Sheffield United, but I would certainly say it was our worst performance of this season. It definitely mm. felt as if from a from a kind of tactical point of view, I felt worse after yesterday than I did against Everton. You know, and I felt worse it after felt yesterday. It felt very similar to Everton. Yeah, I, 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 I was just in terms of just 
being nothing. I whispered that to myself yesterday. I was like, oh god, this is a bit like Everton. Just like in in the way that and and in the way I, I mean, we haven't said this much, and I think Ali sort of pointed out Hoybier was dropping so deep to pick up the ball and turning and just seeing a block of players, none of which were Spurs coming towards the ball. And then also the game was sort of bypassing him. I think I think that this is credit to Leicester here because I think in the last half an hour they played it almost to perfection uh, in the in the plan that they did. And and having Ndidi in there, you do remember what an absolutely fantastic and key player he is for them. Um, but we just didn't, yeah we just it was a bit of an abject one, wasn't it? Right, let's I think do to it. Pick Come up on, Ben's point. Oh, go on, sorry, sorry, Ben. Just to pick no, no, up on in your point, I think it was kind of particularly badly timed for Mourinho because there was so much focus on his style after the Liverpool game. And then he came out in his pre-match pressure and kind of said, I'm not just a one-trick pony. I'm not wedded to this style. I can play lots of different types of football. And actually, Leicester was a really good chance to kind of prove it. Once it became clear that Leicester just weren't going to defend with a high line and weren't going to fall into Mourinho's trap, that was really a time for Spurs to, to show that they could play on the front foot and and take hold of possession and kind of take the game to Leicester. And I think midway through the first half, Mourinho kind of reshuffled the pack a little bit. He got Lacelso to, to come inside as if to anticipate the fact that he needed to do that. But it just, it just didn't work. And, and Spurs, particularly in the second half, just had more of the possession for the first time since when? I yeah. don't know. Maybe for the first time this season. Yeah. But didn't do anything with it. Nope. So it, it was a it was badly timed for Mourinho because I think it will just increase the the feeling among his critics that he can only play that way. He needs to get Yao Sacramento involved, I reckon, Dan. What do you think? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just give give, give Jao and Ledley like a couple of days just to Come sort on. of shit out on the training ground. <laughs> it, it, definitely, uh, it definitely felt in the last half an hour that we were watching like that is kind of like stranger things you know we sort of went into the opposite world underneath the ground where suddenly we were the team with all the possession that were just doing no nothing dangerous with it whatsoever and in all the wrong areas and Leicester were just sitting there gobbling it up and then they just play one ping long ball into the box and it's enough to knock us out um Hunch, I, I want to come to you first on on the on the ugly because I feel like we could have just inserted here a, a forty five seg- second segment from the Amazon Prime documentary into this section. Just left it at that. I don't. The thing is, I don't want to go too hard on Sir Jory um, because because, because of, you were wrong because, <laughs> because because of how well he's played in the last in the last few games. But it just. It, that's for me. It's the difference between like a, you know a decent player and a very good player is the consistency that you can then show and take that on, and that becomes the way you play. What that said to me yesterday was, he he's having to work really hard to not make those mistakes. That's what that said to me yesterday. He's having to really con- concentrate on not making those mistakes because that one yesterday, and I'm surprised. I was actually really annoyed the ref didn't give it in, in real time because I was like, that's a penalty. As soon as he did it. You know who is it? Fafana, a centre back, going away from goal towards the line where there's another player. There's another Spurs player to not have the sort of I don't know the the sort of the mental ability to look at that and go, well, I don't need to do anything here. I can just shuffle him. The, it was just, and then uh, away from that, obviously that that throws away uh, uh, the lead at a crucial moment of the game. 
the, the his crossing was atrocious, abysmal yesterday. He couldn't he couldn't pass yesterday. It was just all of the, I said it in half WhatsApp group, didn't I? I said we're getting the full hits from Sergio Rey last season. The entire today. back catalogue. The full yeah, um and it's a shame. It's a shame, but you know, and I imagine Marina will be sort of battering him over the next couple of days. But it was just like, Oh mate, you've done so well this year and you've won so many supporters but you have to keep playing that way otherwise it all goes out the window yeah and I think uh, one thing that I'd add to the the kind of ugly section here is it wasn't just Aurier's passing and first touch that was bad no, God, no. in the first half like it was I thought I was watching a different side balls bouncing off everyone and it sort of Leicester weren't pressing that aggressively. We've already talked about like the, the, the they didn't want to push high up the pitch. I mean they've got very capable pressers and they did kind of go with a kind of mid press, um, but they they weren't. It wasn't like when people were receiving the ball they were under Liverpool levels of pressure. That it was just there were just some genuinely atrocious touches out there. It just was a, bit, a little bit grotty for me, and it, it was really uncharacteristic. That's... I think that's quite an interesting point with Aurier. Like he seems to be able to better focus when he is under the kind of Liverpool, Man City type levels yeah. of pressure. Mm. When he's having to concentrate for ninety minutes, it's almost yeah. like when he's allowed those games where there's a which which yesterday was where there's almost a kind of odd lack of tension in the air, and it's both teams who. Like sort of feeling each other out, and it's a bit cagey, and neither team really wants the ball, which is how the first half was going. It almost feels like he's more likely to, to just switch off in those type of games. Mm. Yeah. I think the point you make, Ben, um, about the losing the ball so much is actually really is really worrying. Um, it was I kind of uh, I made the kind of point against Liverpool that I thought Tottenham played well because they were dealing with such an aggressive press and to create chances despite that in spite of that was actually quite good, but. Um, it came after the Palace game where they just could not get out of their own third. Um, and uh, and against Leicester, like you say, they weren't even pressing that aggressively. But in order to play the way that Mourinho wants them, wants Spurs to, you need to be able to secure that first pass, um, get possession to a point where someone who's facing forwards or Harry Kane can get on the turn and play a direct ball forward. But they just weren't able to do that. And that is really concerning. And Dan's um, talked about uh, Ndom having wanting Ndombele in a deeper position, um, and it just feels like that is exactly what uh, what needs to happen to be able to secure the ball. When the ball's bouncing around, that's when you're at your most sort of like vulnerable, and we we just need to get better at at getting the ball under control and then setting about um, about counter attacking. Yeah, it's. Sorry, go on, Hunter. I was just going to say to, to to that as well, and also to sort of add to a, an an ugly thing, you know, as I think Ali said it, Undombele pressing at the top of the pitch on his own, it just felt like a complete waste of his legs. And what I wanted to see in the second half was, you know, when Leicester had the ball, right, okay, now it's our turn to go and press. And the worrying thing for me is we don't seem to have one. It goes in ones and twos occasionally but it's so easy to pass through and that for me is worrying because uh, you know Mourinho has spoken about being able to play in lots of ways but I think those teams that can turn on and off those press are the hardest to beat basically and we 
it, it just it just looks like the, those players can't do it at the moment, um, which was slightly worrying. Yeah, it's um, there. There's a marked difference, isn't there, between us and the the people that we're looking at and and a little bit envious of in terms of their ability to go and take the game two teams. I mean, even United got very, very fortunate yesterday with the way that Leeds decided. Well, I mean, Leeds will always play that way, but United that just suited United down to the ground. But I, it, I don't feel as if Spurs would have been able to go and put a team like Leeds to the sword in the same way. You know, I don't feel as if we would have been able to kind of like ruthlessly streak through them. Um, it just is. It just is a bit of a kind of like strange, awkward middle ground. Um, let's go on to the beautiful bits. And the, do you know what? There, there isn't anything for me. So I'm going to say it's beautiful that we're able to bounce back, and we've got an opportunity. So let's look at let's look at Stoke. Um, what do we think the lineup will be? And do you think that there'll be heavy rotation, or is this a kind of almost opportunity for Jose to punish people? Dan, do you think he kind of We'll be saying, like, you now need to go out and rectify that. I think there will be quite a few changes, but I can see... I don't think there'll be anything kind of really eyebrow-raising. I think it'll be the ones you would expect. So I'd expect Doherty to start for Aurier. I think Davis is probably going to start. I expect Kane will keep his place. It's a shame that Hunter just told me before recording that Roden's cup tied which I didn't realise actually so that's that's a blow and really frustrating for him particularly given he hasn't been able to play in the Europa League um, but I mean I don't know Sanchez might be one of the kind of big calls Mourinho's got to make because he's been so awful it's such a big game but Dyer and Alderweireld could probably do with a midweek rest uh, so yeah I, I expect I wouldn't expect anything really wholesale but I think we'll, we'll kind of see six or seven changes what do you reckon, Ali? Uh, yeah, you're probably right. Hard to disagree with Dan. Um, it's quite concerning, though. Um, and I think uh, it's a real worry that um, Mourinho relies on so few players, or has done. Um, and that showed in the game yesterday, um, where you've just got really leggy-looking players. I kind of wonder if the Aurier... Uh, mistake was partly a kind of tired mind as much as anything um, playing so much football so much be, having to be kind of switched on with such intensity for so so many games in such a short period of time um, so yeah I mean I would lose and Tottenham and Tottenham and Tottenham and Tottenham to stroll through I think if they make 11 changes they'd lose um, so I, I imagine it will be I imagine the core will be kept so I imagine Hoiberg will play um, I imagine Kane will play. Um, I'd be, I wouldn't be surprised if Son played. Um, and yeah, centre backs is a is a big call as well. I won't be happy at all if um, Joe Hart plays, but I've, uh, I'm really, really not a fan of his at all. Um, and I think it, I think it completely changes the way that Spurs defend um, with him in goal because you can't let uh, half chances go his way. You can't let pot shots from 30 yards come come at goal um so i i think it makes it much harder work for the central midfielders and uh it's it's not worth resting hugo Lloris for that reason yeah spot on uh, the new the new michelle vaughan for me <laughs> gonna yeah. knock it and get us knocked out of all the cup competitions um yeah i, I mean 
Well, I don't know much about this Stoke side, I'll be quite honest, but what, what I have heard is that they're quite tough to beat, as in they're not conceding a lot of goals. They draw a lot of games, um, which is probably the worst possible thing we could come up against after that performance against Leicester because you know that they're going to sit in deep and make it hard for us and we in the last few games we have shown that we struggle with that and so I think Mourinho's hand is almost forced to not make too many changes because as we've seen from the Europa League when we make wholesale changes the whole structure sort of falls apart um, I'd like to see Harry Winks in uh, uh, I think he's I think he earned a start with that sort of half an hour I'd like I'd like to see um, Dotti in again to be honest I think he really needs to make a claim for at least playing a little bit more um, and apart from that yeah I don't think I don't think you can make too many changes I'm with Ali I don't think Hugo Lloris needs to not play that's what I will say so that play him because that takes a load off the defender's mind um, I'm with Dan I'd like to see Davinson Sanchez turn it round I mean it is getting to the point of um, do is Davinson Sanchez ever going to become the player that we thought he was going to be at Spurs for me um, and that breaks my heart because I spoke to him last week and he's an absolute darling <laughs> lovely guy yeah I, for me I think there's an element of like well there is no getting away from it this is a must win mm. uh, this is absolutely huge and I think I've sort of almost sleep I've sleepwalked into the idea that, oh, no, we're going to win. But it's suddenly off the back of the last three games feels like, hang on a second, this is this is actually a competition here. This, yeah. is, a, this is not just a foregone conclusion. It's a bit like that thing of, like, uh, it feels like there's a cup set brewing. Do you know what I mean? It's a horrible <laughs> thing to say. See the clouds coming but over. Yeah, you know when, the, like, all the things start moving into position? Like Stoke, hard to beat, don't concede many goals. One at the weekend. Spurs have slipped out of form, struggle to beat uh, uh, like a low block uh, when they have to be creative. It's just all of those sort of horrible... Uh, I am touching wood while I say this, by the way. I, I'm, I'm very much <laughs> rubbing my head, touching the table, going, yeah, no, 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 we'll be fine, we'll be fine. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm slightly concerned for... Uh, for Was it? It's Wednesday, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah and it... Sorry, go on, Ellie. I was just going to say Stoke are just outside the playoff position mm. positions in the championship. They're not going to be a bad team. No. They're, they're going to be they're going to be the kind of team that could cause a out of form Premier League team uh, some problems. Mm. It, I, I've sort of got that horrible feeling as well that the um, that the Garden of Fork in Paths has reached that point where cups go off this way and league goes off to the the other side. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Well it's starting be. to get yeah. that feeling like we may be off the back of this weekend are starting to see we might have to pivot expectation a top, little top bit. Four, top four and a cup. Top four and a cup. <laughs> Honestly, if, if Mourinho will want to win a cup so, so much just for that interview where he can dig Poch out for an hour and say that he never did it and that, you know... You know, that's what I do, sort of thing. Beating his chest for an hour, just going, that's what I do. I win, baby. Like an NBA player. <laughs> <laughs> Not in my house. Yeah. <laughs> oh, gosh. Well, look, we look forward to that. Um, and I'm sorry to everyone listening that it's been such a bleak one, but there wasn't too many like exciting things to pick up from that. I hope we're sitting here off the back of the Stoke game and, and being a little bit more positive. Um, we'll be in a bloody and- semi-final next time. 
That's it. That's we'll be it. In the semi-final. <laughs> we'll absolutely thump the the next two prem games. We've got two in between now and the end of end of the year, haven't we? Mm. Yeah. We've got Fulham in there. We've and got, got Wolves, Wolves, Wolves in there. and Fulham, and then Leeds on New Year's Day, I want to say, or maybe the day after. Yeah. So. Fingers crossed for a very positive end of the year. Just remains for us to say, have a great Christmas. Um, I hope wherever you are, whether you're in tier one, two, three, four, or whatever other tiers get thrown our way <laughs> over the course of the next 48 hours, you're happy, healthy, and safe, and able to spend some time with family. Um, have a great Christmas, guys, and thank you so much for joining. Make sure you follow the boys on social, subscribe to the pod if you haven't already, and leave us uh, a rating and a review. Be very much appreciated, and we'll see you all next time. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications at TryLifeMD.com? We're now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. It's fun to put on jeans that you couldn't get into six months ago. Every morning, I look forward to getting on the scale. For anybody who's struggling with their weight, it's a godsend. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at trylifemd.com. That's T R Y L I F E M D.com.